This meeting is being called to order at 4.32 p.m. The meeting's being held in person in City Hall room 400 and broadcast live on SFGov TV and available to view online or listen to by calling 415-655-0001. As authorized by California Government Code Section 54953E and Mayor Breed's 45th supplement to her February 25th, 2020 emergency proclamation, it is possible that some members of the Small Business Commission may attend this meeting remotely. In that event, those members will participate and vote by video. The Small Business Commission thanks Media Services and SFGov TV for televising the meeting, which can be viewed on SFGov TV 2 or live streamed at sfgovtv.org. We welcome the public's participation during comment periods. There will be an opportunity for general public comment at the end of the meeting, and there will be an opportunity to comment on each discussion or action item on the agenda. <coughs> for each item, the commission will take public comment first from people attending the meeting in person, and then from people attending the meeting remotely. Members of the public who will be calling in, the number is 415-655-0001. The access code is 2497-220-9345, followed by password 7221. Press pound and then pound again to be added to the line. When connected, you will be muted and in listening mode only. When your item of interest comes up, dial star three to be added to the speaker line. If you dial star three before public comment is called, you'll be added to the queue. When you are called for public comment, please mute the device that you were listening to the meeting on. When it is your time to speak, you will be prompted to do so. Public comment during the meeting is limited to three minutes per speaker. An alarm will sound once the time has finished. Speakers are requested but not required to state their names. SFGov TV, please show the Office of Small Business slide. Today we'll begin with a reminder that the Small Business Commission is the official public forum to voice your opinions and concerns about policies that affect the economic vitality of small businesses in San Francisco. The Office of Small Business is the best place to get answers about doing business in San Francisco during the local emergency. If you need assistance with small business matters, particularly at this time, you can find us online or via telephone. And as always, our services are free of charge. Before item number one is called, I'd like to start by thanking Media Services and SFGov TV for coordinating this virtual hearing and helping to run the meeting. Please call item number one. Item one, roll call. Commissioner Carter. Present. Commissioner Dickerson. Present. Commissioner Herbert is absent. Commissioner Huey. Here. President Laguana. Here. Commissioner Ortiz Cartagena. Here. And Vice President Zazunas? Present. President, you have a quorum. Thank you. The San Francisco Small Business Commission and Office of Small Business Staff acknowledges that we are on the unceded ancestral homeland of the Ramaytush Ohlone, who are the original inhabitants of the San Francisco Peninsula. As the indigenous stewards of this land and in accordance with their traditions, the Ramaytush Ohlone have never ceded, lost, nor forgotten their responsibilities as the caretakers of this place as well as for all peoples who reside in their traditional territory. As guests, we recognize that we benefit from living and working on their traditional homeland. We wish to pay our respects by acknowledging the ancestors, elders, and relatives of the Ramaytush Ohlone community and by affirming their sovereign rights as first people. Next item, please. Approval of legacy business registry applications and resolutions. This is a discussion 
an action item. The commission will discuss and possibly take action to approve legacy business registry applications. And presenting today, we have Richard Carrillo from the Office of Small Business. Good afternoon, President Laguana, Vice President Zuzunas, commissioners, city staff, members of the public. I'm Richard Carrillo, Legacy Business Program Manager. I, like, I would like to acknowledge Michelle Reynolds, who helps with the Legacy Business Program and with marketing and communications for the Office of Small Business. Michelle was instrumental in helping review, collate, and process the Legacy Business Registry applications before you today. SFGovTV, I have a PowerPoint presentation. Before you today are three applications for your consideration for the Legacy Business Registry. Each application includes a staff report, a draft resolution, the application itself, and documents from the planning department. The applications were submitted to planning on November 9th and heard by the Historic Preservation Commission on December 7th. <clears throat> Item 2A is bloomers. The business is a full-service floor shop featuring artistic arrangements crafted with fresh flowers of exceptional quality. Bloomers, founded in 1977 and located in the Pacific Heights neighborhood, features plant and flower arrangements, ribbons, accessories, ornaments, decorative baskets, tabletop items, and various antiques. In addition, the business has provided gallery space to display works of local artists and opportunities for authors to promote and merchandise their books about growing flowers and interior design. Bloomers contributes to a variety of nonprofits and has regularly been involved in the San Francisco City College floral program. The core feature tradition the business must maintain to remain on the legacy business registry is florist. <clears throat> Item 2B is Cafe Greco. The business, established in 1988, is a quintessential North Beach cafe known for its superb coffee drinks crafted with Illy coffee, homemade desserts, and classic Italian interior. Cafe Greco is an integral part of the community and one of the last remaining cafe pioneers that define North Beach and celebrate its Italian heritage. The business is both a culinary and a community hub frequented by locals, tourists, artists, politicians, and many others. Cafe Greco is also deeply involved in the North Beach community, donating to community events, schools, fundraisers, and charities, and participating in neighborhood groups and events. The core feature tradition the business must maintain is coffee shop. Item 2C is developing environments. The business is an artist live workspace in the Mission neighborhood. Founded in 1972 and formally incorporated as a nonprofit in 1976, the organization emerged when a group of artists identified a vacant three-story warehouse and transformed it into a space for artists. Today, developing environment features 46 live-work units and has provided safe and affordable studio space to more than 375 artists since its inception. Artist members work in a variety of media and forms, including performance, writing, photography, painting, jewelry, textile, sculpture, and digital art. And the organization operates with a consensus-based, non-hierarchical governing structure. In a city that has been losing artists in recent decades, developing environments has served as a model for how San Francisco can support artists and cultivate a vibrant, creative community. The core feature tradition the business must maintain is housing and workspace for artists. 
All three businesses met the three criteria required for listing on the Legacy Business Registry, and all three received a positive recommendation from the Historic Preservation Commission. Legacy Business Program staff recommends adding the businesses to the registry and has drafted three resolutions for your consideration. A motion in support of the businesses should be framed as a motion in favor of the resolutions. Thank you. This concludes our presentation. We're happy to answer any questions. And there are business representatives in the room who would like to speak on behalf of the applications during public comment. Thank you, Rick. Commissioners, are there any questions? Uh, seeing none, uh, let's open it up to public comment. If public commenters want to form a line right here, um, you are welcome to come speak. The mic live. Yeah. I just, I, good afternoon, commissioners, and I want to thank you in advance for your consideration. I particularly want to thank uh, Rick and Michelle for guiding us through the process and Supervisor Stefani for having nominated Bloomers and also having spent a lot of my professional life in this building working for other people. I want to thank Secretary Birnbach because I know how much responsibility the person running the show has. In, in, any, in any case, um, I, it, this is a really wonderful thing that the government does to recognize small, bu small business. Uh, in the throes of the first few weeks of the pandemic, Patrick really saw 43 years of his life going down the drain. And no one denies the impact of the PPP money or all of the other challenges that we all know exist in San Francisco. But the fact that the community was so embracing at that very difficult time when someone has made the commitment to the community and the investment, of the investment in the community, it was just so terribly meaningful and the community reciprocated exponentially. So again, thank you so much for your consideration. And I just want you to know how much it's appreciated by Patrick and me. Thank you. Next speaker, please. Good afternoon. Um, my name is Carlo Abruzzese, and I'm representing Developing Environments. So on behalf of the 40 plus artists that are currently there and the hundreds that have been there, I want to thank you for allowing us to apply for this. Um, I think uh, just two really quick points. Um, first, I re we really appreciate the fact that since we're not a retail business, that all of you recognize nonprofits as an important part of the business community in San Francisco. So we really appreciate that. And the other point is just, again, as an arts organization, I think it's wonderful that you're considering this, considering the problems that the artist world has had in San Francisco in the recent past with problems with money and surviving in this environment. Because San Francisco is a great place and it's really known for its arts and we are thrilled that we're still here and surviving and hope to continue for a long time. So thank you all. Thank you. Next speaker, please. Hi, good afternoon, commissioners. Um, my name is Sasha Suleiman, 
and I am the second generation owner of Cafe Greco. Um, my parents started the business in 1988. I was only nine years old at the time, but um, it's always just been something that has been in my life and that I've been a part of and feel very lucky to be taking over the business now. Um, and we've operated continuously for the last 33 years. And I'm also very blessed to uh, have a great staff there. Many of them have been with us for over 30 years, so we're very, very lucky. Uh, we look forward to many more years of being there. Uh, special thanks to Rick and Michelle, who've helped us greatly through this process. And it's an honor to be considered to be added to the Legacy Business Registry. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Are there any callers online? There are no callers online. I have seen no more public comment. Public comment is closed. Uh, commissioners, do we have any comments? Commissioner Huey. Thank you. Um, thank you very much for, for being here tonight. And um, I just wanted to you know, acknowledge this thread. I think that we're hearing throughout um, all of these you know, for all of your businesses is this connection to community. And I just wanted to con congratulate you on um, your leadership within your communities and within the San Francisco small business community as well. I think that's really important to acknowledge that um, small businesses are really the heart of many of our neighborhoods and of the city. So thank you very much for, um, you know, running your businesses day in and day out, putting in all the hard work and, um, and the sacrifices that you've made for not just yourself and your family, but like for everybody. So thank you. Um, and yeah, congratulations. Great, thank you. Vice President Zizunas. I just wanna echo uh, what Commissioner Huey just said and thank you all for being here. And it, it really is true that small businesses bear the responsibility of more than just taking care of themselves. And um, it does take a family, inherited or chosen, um, to, to really make that uh, happen and sustain. And that really defines what small business is. So I, I love to see the multiple generations represented here um, and the continuity of your work. So thank you for letting us share in it. Thank you. Uh, you know, I. Uh one of the things that I'm struck by and one of the things that we're fortunate to see up here on the commission is how many of our small businesses have a generational uh, aspect to it. Of course, we have a commissioner here uh, herself who is a couple generations deep in, into her business and some of us, uh, including myself, are, are parents that would like to see our children uh, hopefully uh, pick up the reins at some point, but not too soon. Uh, but. Uh, it's, it's really a, a delight and a joy to be able to see that, that continuity across generations. It, it, it speaks to a business that's uh, well-founded um, and, and, and to Commissioner, Commissioner Huey's point, uh, connected to its community. Um, so uh, I just want to say, like, it's, it's uh, really nice to be in this position and be able to see these hidden connections and hidden ties that are in our community that aren't visible when you just drive down the street. Uh, you know, I, I, I did want to comment on the um,
commission support of the arts. I'm a former artist myself, and I'm a dropout from uh, Art Academy of Cincinnati. Um, and uh, in, in our little bio, I said I, I, I'm very much one of my main priorities was to see what we could do to focus on the arts. Uh, this commission was delighted to help uh, make sure that uh, our live music venues got $3 million during the pandemic. Um, they were also, as you might imagine, incredibly adversely impacted by the uh, COVID impact. Uh, so that's a way of saying that uh, it's hard to imagine a business much smaller than an artist uh, trying to make a living or, or uh, just uh, further their own expression of their craft. Uh, and so we're very grateful that there's organizations out there facilitating, facilitating that and facilitating uh, the next generation. And uh, one last thing I, I did want to mention, um, the uh, floral shop uh, Bloomers, uh, I I'm sitting here reflecting because in a couple of minutes here, we're going to be going through the annual report. And it mentioned one of our previous commissioners. It lists, it thanks Commissioner Kathleen Dooley, who was a great friend of mine. And we really appreciated, I was deeply grateful for the time that I got to spend with Kathleen. And she ran a floral shop for 30 plus years. And I believe she had a legacy business as well. Uh, so there's something deeply uh, poetic and resonant uh, right now as we're about to embark on another term uh, for the Small Business Commission uh, that this is coming up right now. So uh, really grateful to have you here uh, for that. And I know that uh, if she was here to vote today, uh, she would be an emphatic yes. So, uh, so with that, um, commissioners, would somebody like to make a motion? Our motion. I'd second. Great. Motion by Commissioner Carter, seconded by Commissioner Dickerson. I'll read the roll. Commissioner Carter? Yes, absolutely. Commissioner Dickerson? Yes. Commissioner Herbert is absent. Commissioner Huey? Yes. President Laguana? Yes. Commissioner Ortiz Cartagena? Yes. And Vice President Sazunas? Yes. Motion passes. Congratulations. Thank you, everybody. Okay, next item, please. Item three, annual report and Office of Small Business Budget Update. This is a discussion item. The commission will hear an overview of the Office of Small Business annual report and get an update on the fiscal year 23-24 budget process. Presenting today, we have Katie Tang, Director of the Office of Small Business. All right, thank you, commissioners. Um, so actually, we're gonna start with the budget um, update and overview. Um, since we have a couple of guests here, I'm actually going to invite them up to talk about what we've been instructed to do as part of our um, upcoming budget process. As you all probably know, um, the Office of Small Businesses Budget is part of the Office of Economic and Workforce Development, OEWD. And so I'd like to call up um, Merrick Pasquale, um, our CFO, as well as um, I know Fred Liddell, our um, Deputy Finance Officer, is also available for any questions. Um, so first of all, I know we have some slides, so as a GovTV, if we could show our slides. Thank you very much. 
And we'll go to the next slide to talk about the instructions that we receive for the next um, two fiscal years. All right. Uh, good evening, or good afternoon still, commissioners. Um, as uh, Executive Director Tang noted, I'm Mary Pasquale. I'm the Chief Financial Officer uh, with the Office of Economic and Workforce Development. I also have with me our Deputy uh, CFO, Fred Little. Um, so with the um, Mayor's budget instructions, uh, they had presented a five-year report and updated forecast regarding the deficit uh, for the city, uh, and they had reported that that number has um, is projected to be 728.3 million over the next two years. Uh, of that, it breaks down in FY 23-24. Uh, uh, that number is 200.8 million. Um, and for 24-25 is 527.5 million. Uh, so as a result uh, of the updated um, deficit to the city budget, uh, the mayor had uh, issued budget instructions uh, last month in December uh, to departments to instruct them to make a 5% cut uh, to our general fund support in 23-24 uh, and increasing to 8% in 24-25. Um, so in regards to the mayor's policy priorities and what she instructed in her office to focus on in terms of our approach to the budget this year, uh, focus on four major bullet points, uh, the first being the recovery of the local economy with a focus on the downtown and economic core, um, two, uh, improving public safety and street conditions, uh, three, reducing homelessness and transforming mental health service delivery, uh, and four, accountability and equity in services and spending. Um, and then just reading off of here, at least in terms of the last time the city projected a shortfall around the size was around two years ago. Uh, and prior to that, the two-year deficit hadn't been over 600 million. So um, I think in terms of where we're at with the city, um, I think part of the, the major uh, issues uh, have been uh, around slow to no growth in major tax revenue to the city. Uh, as well as a loss of federal revenue and support that we had gone over the last two years and one-time revenue sources. Um, so going over kind of the key um, budget cycle, uh, I like to think a bit about um, spreading it into three phases of the budget. Uh, right now we're currently in the department phase, uh, which kind of kicked off with the mayor's budget instructions back in December. Uh, we'll go through this department review uh, as well as submission of our proposed budget to meet the mayor's budget instructions uh, through February. Um, and departments are required to submit their proposed budget in February 21st. Uh, after that submission, it kicks off the second phase of the budget, which would be the mayor phase. Uh, so we'll be going over uh, a lot of, um, I would say, back and forth review as well as negotiation with the mayor's budget office. Uh, as well as the mayor's office over the next couple of months. Um, and the uh, conclusion of the mayor phase would be the end of May, uh, which at that point the mayor will produce uh, her proposed budget uh, by the end of May 31st. Um, and then going into June, that would be the board phase. Uh, and at that point, uh, we will be presenting the budget um, according to the mayor's proposed budget. Uh, and during that phase, um, I think key changes will likely 
be focused on any reductions that would be made by the budget and legislative analysts, uh, which kind of leads to what's kind of typically known as the board add back process. So any reductions that are made uh, during that phase, the board then kind of takes that pot and reallocates based on uh, their policy priorities. Um, and after June, pretty much the, the budget is approved. Mayor has kind of typical 10 days to sign. Um, and hopefully we'll be all good by the end of July in terms of a new uh, proposed annual budget. Um, and then just going over, I think, key um, budget details in regards to the whole department. Uh, in terms of uh, last or this current year budget, um, OEWD's uh, adopted budget uh, for 22-23 in total uh, was approximately $164 million. Uh, so I'm going over kind of updated numbers. This was, I believe, based on... Um, where we are at going into the board phase last year. So in terms of where we ended off um, with final numbers, again, we ended off at uh, 163.9 million. Uh, of that, uh, OSB's budget was uh, 3.7 million. Um, and then for 23-24, which we're currently in, uh, the base budget uh, was approximately 122 million uh, with OSB uh, staying flat at 3.7 million. Great, so for the next um, part, I was gonna go into some highlights from the annual report, but um, before uh, Merrick um, ends his speaking part, does anyone have any questions for our chief financial officer about the budget in the upcoming year? No? Okay, thank you so much. Thank you. Great, so um, SFGovTV will continue with the slides, um, and in your uh, packets, commissioners, you have the full annual report. I'm not gonna go over every single page, but just wanted to give a few highlights, and of course, at this time, um, really thank our entire team uh, at the Office of Small Business and all the commissioners for all this great work that we're highlighting here. So for the um, fiscal year 2021-22 uh, um, highlights, just wanted to share that uh, we have, uh, as a team, managed about 4,122 cases, um, and that, um, you know, during the pandemic, we had a slight increase in the number of cases, mostly because uh, businesses were calling our office and asking for financial support or rent relief or just what is the latest health guidance, and so it really spiked up during um, the pandemic years, um, during the height of that, so now we're... Um, uh, in terms of the trends, we're more closely mirroring sort of the percentage increase year over year uh, pre-pandemic. So an increase of about 6% in cases since fiscal year 1819. Um, we also this year just wanted to highlight because we had added two new special um, small business permit specialists. They started in March, but their services were really publicized around uh, May, April, May. Um, that they alone saw about 173 cases just from when they started amongst two staff. So just really showing you the, um, the need that there was in parsing out the services for um, just focusing on permits. And then, uh, as I mentioned last year, uh, the Small Business Development Center, a program of the SBA, was folded into our office portfolio. 
uh, and they saw about 1,152 clients. Uh, oftentimes, we were referring clients to and from each other for services. And so it's been really nice to be able to have them uh, under our office um, to, again, work even more closely. Their trends in terms of the cases that um, they're seeing really uh, mirror ours. So seeing a lot of um, uh, either pre-startups, pre startups, or existing businesses. Um, and so uh, that has been helpful um, to see that uh, breakdown. You can see for office small business, um, again, for the majority are pre-startup, startup, or existing businesses. Um, and so um, that's what you see at the bottom row there. And then the graph or the table that you see shows the distribution of businesses and where they're located. Um, and again, these are just really representative who contacts us um, for help. So next slide, um, just want to highlight, I know there was a, a lot of attention on Proposition H passed by voters in November of 2020, and along with the Small Business Recovery Act, which was an ordinance passed at the Board of Supervisors uh, a little while later. And so as a result of these two, um, two new changes to laws, we have seen a higher percentage of permits for commercial projects approved over the counter. That means that 88% of those projects are approved in 30 days or less, which has been really great. Um, and since, 2020, since 2021, over 1,800 commercial projects have been able to get permits over the counter. Uh, we've also seen through planning department data that fewer projects have to receive conditional use authorization, um, and fewer projects also have to go through the noticing requirement for, um, that they have to send around to neighbors, and that typically adds months to the process. So again, really happy to see a decrease in the percentage there. Um, and then also happy to report that health permits for food services, which is the most common type for small businesses, um, they took less than 30 days on average to approve or issue. And on the right here, we have a spotlight of a first-time business owner in San Francisco who is really excited to be able to um, be helped through our small business permit specialists and benefit from the new laws that were passed. Director Tang, uh, I think I just wanted to um, reemphasize that point. Uh, personally, knowing of several businesses that those uh, permit specialists have been a huge impact on, uh, I think that role, uh, I think we've heard the mayor previously talk about how uh, disturbed she is by the fact that people feel the need to hire expediters. Um, so to be able to provide that service internally through the city at no cost, I think has been, uh, uh, I don't think it's overstating it to say that it's been a godsend for some of these businesses and really honestly been a difference between whether they opened or not. So yeah. uh, I, I'm in strong support of that and I think it's been a, a really fantastic addition to OSB. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. <laughs> Um, thank you for that. And then in terms of the next slide, uh, we just talked about legacy businesses. So currently we have 320 businesses. Uh, well, this was as of September 2022, so now we have um, three more. And um, this year, uh, again, as of that time, we had 27 added to the registry. Um, this year, under the Legacy Business Program, um, have awarded 44 grants totaling, I'm uh, sorry, I should say fiscal year 21-22, awarded 44 grants uh, totaling 724,000 roughly for rent stabilization. So that's the case where uh, landlords sign either a new 10-year lease or a five-year lease with a five-year extension to help keep small businesses in place. 
and then uh, the previous program um, called the Legacy Business Grant Program, we awarded 179 grants totaling $400,000. Um, there are a couple key changes I want to highlight on the right here that you see that were a result of some of the things that came up in this commission. One is we uh, really took some steps to address equity um, in the program. So we removed, well, we suggested removal of a $50 application fee, which was originally included as part of um, the ballot measure that created this program. So we uh, uh, proposed legislation to the board, which was adopted. So. Uh, businesses no longer have to pay $50 to uh, apply for this program. Um, oops, sorry, the numbering is a little off here. But um, secondly, we uh, did some streamlining of the application. I want to thank, of course, Rick and Michelle, uh, who helped to revise the application to make it easier for people. Um, and then thirdly, uh, looked at the representation of um, between geography or demographics um, and who's represented on this registry, look to see where there are gaps and did some focused outreach to those neighborhoods to try to get more legacy businesses in those areas uh, to be part of this registry. So again, thank you, Rick and Michelle, for your work on that. And then uh, most importantly, policy advocacy and initiatives. Um, just a couple key highlights. I'm not gonna go through all the details here, but um, we talked about improvements to the permitting process and how that's really important for entrepreneurs um, either starting out or expanding here. So we work with DBI and some other agencies to try to um, streamline the way, uh, the process, if you are not making any physical changes to your space. We saw that a lot of times these business owners are still having to pay for architects and drawings, um, even though they're not doing anything to their space. So this was um, a key improvement uh, to the process that we were able to get through this year. We also, secondly, worked very closely with uh, Supervisor Ronan's office and the Treasurer and Tax Collector's office on the first year free program expansion and recommended additional uh, business uh, permits that could be waived under this program and uh, have been working very closely uh, with um, city agencies to get businesses refunds as part of this program and the expansion. So really thrilled about that. Um, thirdly, we heard a need for additional information on how to better um, start up special events or pop-ups, um, street fairs, et cetera. It's a very complicated process involving many different departments. And so we uh, put together a step-by-step -step guide um, as well as, um, and this goes along with many of our other starter guides that we have available to businesses now. Um, Fourth, uh, shared spaces permanent program. Um, since the onset of COVID-19, we know that this commission has worked really hard to advocate for the creation of the shared spaces program to help businesses survive during the pandemic. And so this year, um, the commission supported the creation of a permanent um, shared spaces program, uh, which is in place. And, um, and of course, we've been doing a lot of outreach, um, not only to the community, but also internally to make sure that um, the shared spaces program deadlines and all the other requirements are uh, really feasible for businesses that want to um, have a permanent shared space program. Um, next, uh, racial equity plan progress um, required of all commissions and departments. Um, Want to thank Carrie and the commission for all their work on this. So we adopted the resolution affirming, affirming the commission's commitment to racial equity. 
and also adopted the Ohlone Land Acknowledgement and the Commission Rules of Order, and also a t racial equity tool so that as we're looking at legislation and policies coming through um, this body that we are looking at through the lens of racial equity and have criteria to help evaluate policies. Um, and then we also uh, did quite a fair amount of work with the street vendor program um, with Department of Public Works um, in making sure that we were asking a lot of questions um, as they were forming this program and also doing the outreach um, to communicate what this program um, entails, making sure people register and comply um, with this. So this is definitely an ongoing effort. And last page here, um, thanks to all of you uh, weighing in on graffiti abatement. Uh, Supervisor Melgar and Stephanie um, created a graffiti abatement pilot program. And so this is underway now, launched I think in November, um, so right before the holidays. And again, it was thanks to your advocacy that this program was created and funding was allocated, about $4 million, uh, for over two years, uh, so that small businesses do not have to um, address graffiti themselves or pay fines even though they're the victims of, of graffiti. And then lastly, um, Shopdine SF, uh, our office uh, initiate or has been doing a rebranding in conjunction with the Office of Economic and Workforce Development with a goal to bring more attention to local businesses and our neighborhood commercial corridors. Um, we know that it's been really difficult for many of our small businesses and so this is just one um, piece of the puzzle, um, trying to um, you know, put together holiday gift guides or um, let people know about, um, have a consolidated place where people can see all the different events happening in commercial corridors to make it easier for people to hopefully support our small businesses. So we have that available up um, as a refresh called Shop Dine SF, formerly known as Shop and Dine in the 49. So we're gonna continue to add campaigns uh, to this effort. So um, this last slide here is really just a reminder. Um, you all have this already and had um, contributed to development of the strategic goals and priorities for this commission for this upcoming year. So um, just encourage you to re-look at this uh, as in the next commission meeting on January 23rd, we're going to adopt a resolution uh, to set our priorities for the budget. And so please take a look at this, make sure that it's still in line with uh, what you think should uh, be reflected in our budget for the next uh, two fiscal years. Um, and with that, I conclude our presentation and open for any questions that you have. Commissioners, do we have any questions? I think we're feeling either satisfied or quiet today. <laughs> Or perhaps, yes, or perhaps both. Um, I, th I think that uh, uh, this is great work, uh, Director. Uh, I think that the uh, budget reflects both the goals and the priorities of, of the commission that we articulated. Uh, I'm pleased uh, that our budget is uh, continuing and, and we're not seeing uh, dramatic cuts. Um, I think that that is uh, appropriate. Um, obviously, that's not in our purview, but nonetheless, uh, I take that as an implicit uh, vote of confidence in the work of the Office of Small Business and, and, and uh, uh, the work that the Commission has done to help, help facilitate the Office of Small Business and what they're trying to do. Uh, so I think it's all great. And, uh, uh, boy, were we lucky when we got you.
and Carrie, by the way, um, I wanted to ratify what one of the public commenters said earlier. Uh, just huge stroke of luck um, in dealing with us, correct. Uh, Commissioner Huey. Um, I just wanted to echo the, um, I think you said, boy, were we lucky to have you, I think was a quote. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, I mean, looking at this annual report, it's so impressive how you've been able to really put together so many conversations. Like, I can look at this and, you know, I can see specifically, like, where everybody had these, like, conversations and, um, and our input. So, I mean, I feel like as a commissioner who is here as a volunteer, I really appreciate that you're, um, that you have not only an ability to hear and listen to like our input, but to really distill it and make it into actionable items and, and help us move forward. So um, I just realized I've been talking way too close to this microphone, but, but I just wanted to thank you and um, Carrie as well. And, um, you know, I think this is just amazing. And, yeah, and I also wanted to thank everybody for, for making this worthwhile, for me at least, to be on this commission. It feels like we've actually accomplished quite a bit. So I appreciate this. Great. Thank you. Uh, Vice President Suzunis. Uh, thank you, Director, and everyone for presenting this to us. Um, I had a question about the SBDC funding piece, just because my understanding is they can also like leverage more funding. Is that right? Um, so they um, they're kind of a quasi city agency, but so they get some general fund support um, through OEWD's budget, but they also get some funding through the SBA and the, the lead center. So they're leveraging city dollars to provide um, SBA or SBDC services. So th can they like also supplement their funding through um, like state they do receive some state funding and they're also um, can can also fundraise for from right. funding as well. Okay. Yes. Okay. So does that kind of ebb and flow our budget at all or? Uh, it can. Um, this is our first year um, with the SBDC under our budget. So I, I haven't taken a close look historically right. at how it's ebbed and flowed, but yes, it can. Just because I've seen SBDCs who don't have kind of the the house that our SBDC has kind of flail in other counties um, yeah. because of that insecurity of, of leveraged funding. So I was just curious, you know, I mean, it, I feel like it's a great fit where it is now, and I'm just curious if they're going to be able to bolster our budget in some way in our capacity um, through their ability to finance stuff. And so I just kind of wanted to keep a tab on that. Yeah, and I can certainly follow up with you offline about that. But I, um, yeah, I think it's challenging for for all SBDCs um, statewide in terms of and everyone's structure is different. Mm -hmm. um, how it ended up, uh, just for a little bit of background information, how it ended up with OEWD is they used to be housed with City College of San Francisco, and they were going through an accreditation challenge, and so OEWD uh, became the the host agency. So, so yes, indeed. Um, SBDCs can struggle depending on where they're where they're housed and we're very fortunate to have a great partnership here. Great. Great. Um, and then my second question was 
um, <clears throat> excuse me, with the um, emerge, what, what, what do they call it? The um, economic recovery portion, is that include federal monies that are not going to exist next year? Or any state or, you know, infused emergency funds that don't, will not continue? Uh, I'm going to ask our CFO to help <laughs> answer that. Piece, um, there was a lot of kind of one-time federal support uh, that is now no longer available. Uh, so around the mayor's budget instructions, there is this key focus around uh, economic recovery. So I think a lot of that will likely come from our general fund, uh, as well as any potential leverage of external sources that would be non-general fund. So whether that be a combination of federal or, or state sources, that will be, um, I think, kind of the key question in terms of this year's upcoming budget. And, and just to follow up on that, um, this is the 2021-2022 budget. The upcoming budget, this pie graph, or has shifted quite a bit. Like, uh, for, you know, for example, I, I don't think uh, workforce is still at, at 52.9. Correct. Um, so there's the, a big, uh, I would say, drop off in terms of what our current budget is, which is at 163 billion, um, and then goes down to a little bit of over. 120 plus million uh, for this upcoming uh, fiscal year. A lot of that was due to uh, one time, uh, I would say, uh, enhancements, particularly around uh, our ambassador programs. Um, so that will be kind of another key question in terms of what the city will do in terms of its focus on economic recovery, not only through that being kind of a combination of economic recovery in the downtown core, uh, as well as public safety, but in terms of you know, what the city will approach around activations around the downtown economic core, especially support of small business. Right, right. I, I guess just to continue this back and forth, because I think it's helpful, because we had had a preliminary um, uh, presentation from OEWD in terms of how they're planning to use those funds. And I know our commission was really curious on a follow-up, given that some of the recovery money is going to activation so that means potentially money that would have gone to small business direct is now going to go to big um, entities that can house the type of um, downtown activations that that they're looking for so i think that's something that i guess i'm just saying out loud so we can um, bookmark see where where that funding's going to change up so thanks for flagging that. Of course. Um, I think that was it on the budget piece. So yeah, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Commissioner Ortiz Cartagena. I want to thank Director Tang, Secretary Burmack, all the staff that's not here, everybody from the Office of Small Business, my co-commissioners. I really appreciate um it's been refreshing working with you, Director Tang. I, I know our, our calls. We've worked and developed customized solutions to some of the issues that face small businesses, and I assume in other districts as well. So I appreciate that the data reflects the work. 
Um, my only question probably just be to ask for a little bit more breakdown on demographics. I see the district, but besides that, I mean, it's been an earnest effort for equity and, and the process, just little, little things like Secretary Burnback with the Spanish-speaking translations, stuff like that that used to always get overlooked or, or very poor Spanish <laughs> translations that nobody understood. So those are the little things that I don't think this report reflects the earnest effort by your department to like really start making change and, and change that has real impact, not just for show, but that really is reaching out our small businesses along the corridor. So I thank you for that. Thank you. Yes, thank you so much for calling that out. Um, we do have in our annual report just a little bit more information about the main languages that we provide services in, but certainly, um, actually I think there's a, there's a page in here where we talk about we not only translate um, into the three languages that are required under the language access ordinance, but a lot of times we're translating to much more than is required. Um, and then, of course, our commission secretary, Carrie Bernbach, um, doing, creating a lot of flyers and making sure they're translated um, when other departments may not be producing that material. Really appreciate that, too. Um, I'll just also quickly mention that there are a couple of other public forums for hearing about OEWD's budget as a whole, which includes Office of Small Business. So on January 30th, there's going to be a community meeting around workforce. January 31st um, would be one around economic development. February, th uh, sorry, I thought there was, I thought there were three, but there are two. <laughs> There's three? Okay, sorry, which one? Is it February 13th? Uh, yeah, the last okay. and final one will be February 13th. Got it, sorry. <laughs> All right, so January 30th, 31st, and February 13th are the three meetings to, if you wanted to get more engaged around OAWD's budget overall, not just OSB's piece. All right, thank you so much for your time, and thank you, um, Merrick and, and Fred, as well, for being here. Great. Uh, we, we should go to public comment. There are no public commenters on the phone. Okay, seeing none, public comment is closed. Thank you very much uh, for coming in. Uh, appreciate the presentation. Next item, please. Item four, approval of draft meeting minutes. This is a discussion and action item. The commission will discuss and possibly take action to approve the December 12th, 2022 draft meeting minutes. Commissioner, are there any comments or questions on the minutes? Seeing none, I'll open it up for public comment. Uh, any public comment on the minutes? There is none. Seeing none, public comment is closed. I'll move to approve the minutes. Do I have a second? I second. Motion by President Laguana, seconded by Commissioner Huey. I'll read the roll. Commissioner Carter. Oh, she's not here. Uh, Commissioner Dickerson. Yes. Commissioner Herbert's absent. Uh, com Commissioner Huey. Yes. President Laguana. Yes. Commissioner Ortiz Cartagena. Yes. And Vice President Zizunas. Yes. Motion passes. Right, next item, please. Item five, resolution making findings to allow teleconferenced meetings under California Government Code Section 54953E. This is a discussion and action item. The commission will discuss and possibly take action to adopt a resolution making findings to allow teleconference meetings. Uh, commissioners, are there any comments or questions? 
Seeing none, is there any public comment? There is none. Seeing none, public comment is closed. I move to approve the resolution. I'll second. Motion by President Laguana, seconded by Commissioner Dickerson. I'll read the roll. Commissioner Carter is not here. Commissioner Dickerson? Yes. Uh, Commissioner Herbert is absent. Commissioner Huey? Yes. President Laguana? Yes. Commissioner Ortiz Cartagena? Yes. And Vice President Zazunas? Yes. Motion passes. Next item. Item six, general public comment. This is a discussion item allowing members of the public to comment generally on matters that are within the Small Business Commission's jurisdiction but not on today's calendar and suggest new agenda items for future consideration. Are there any members of the public who would like to make comments on items not on the agenda? There are none. Okay, public comment is closed. Next item, please. Item seven, director's report. This is a discussion item. Um, it's an update and report on the Office of Small Business and Small Business Assistance Center, Department Programs, Policy and Legislative Matters, announcements from the Mayor, and announcements regarding small business activities. All right. Thank you, Commissioners. So uh, really exciting to share that today our office welcomed one new position. Uh, her name is Iris Lee, and this position is uh, our commercial vacancy manager. So uh, this, this position will serve uh, really citywide, tracking commercial vacancies, um, helping to document you know, features and characteristics of these vacancies to make it um, easier for us to match make you know, if a small business entrepreneur is looking for a space, for example, a restaurant, um, knowing that the space they would go into is zoned for a restaurant, um, maybe has already equipment um, and infrastructure available, um, and also um, helping us keep track of the changes in, in vacancies throughout um, all the different corridors. So um, Iris has a lot of ex experience having worked with, um, she's a licensed uh, broker, but also most recently has been working with the Tenderloin uh, community uh, with the CBD there uh, to help fill vacancies. So uh, welcome to Iris. I know everyone's looking forward to the outcome of this position. Um, next, can I, sorry, oh, can I yes. just comment on that real quick? Uh, so first of all, that is fantastic, really, really great. Uh, I'm wondering, uh, you know, something I've, I've hungered for, and I think we've talked about it on this commission in the past, is if there would be a way to tie in uh, zoning. So say you're looking to open a hair salon. Okay, where, where can I open a hair salon? Okay where can I open a hair salon that actually has a vacancy? Um, and so uh, it, to me, it seems there's a huge opportunity there to the extent that she's vetted and verified that something's you know, vacant. Uh, if we could tie that into the IT department uh, so that when somebody you know, on that, as you go through the, uh, the permit exploration process, um, you know, there's probably some city role or reason why we can't do it, but like, it, it would be of great benefit to those looking to open a business if they could quickly see what is just currently available right now that they could open that specific kind of business. We would love to get there. <laughs> That's definitely a goal. Yeah. Um, Cause we know there were tools like that, that then became quickly outdated. That's the, that's always a challenge is that you have this great database, but it has to be maintained. That's so, right. um, so I think that that tool that I think planning department had at one point, um, has been taken down cause it was not, um, uh, again, 
Uh, anyway, so all that to say that this is part of our plan. Uh, we really hope to get there, and we got to set up some foundational things first, um, including a comprehensive uh, database just um, from the get-go because we have pieces of information kind of everywhere throughout the city, yep. um, but not quite a comprehensive citywide. Well, a huge team. welcome to Iris from the commission because that's yes. a big step in the right direction. Yes, and this was a position that was uh, approved in our budget uh, last budget process so <laughs> I remember finally that. here yeah 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 that's great Oops, sorry didn't see your name sorry no no i just put it in i was just thinking too that um you know it would be wonderful to connect her i'm sure this is part of the plan already because i know you have a master plan but i just wanted to offer also kind of like i know in conversations in the last couple of years there are many people within our community who are leaders who have just just personally kind of like walked paths and like take taken note of vacancies and so there are people who would love to support this position too so hopefully being able to make those connections and maybe all of us can help kind of make those connections um for her not to overwhelm her but to know that there's a lot of support in this um city and that you know this is this is something that many people are waiting for and for her to succeed so um, I love that suggestion. Can we have three one one? There's a vacancy in my neighborhood. Yeah, I mean, I would love to. I mean, <laughs> oh, as God. as Commissioner Huey mentioned, uh, <laughs> this this is work that she cannot do alone. You know, um, it's such a wide scope of work for the to cover the entire city. So yeah, we course. definitely need the partnership of uh, people who are already doing this work. Um, so I love your suggestion. I, and, I, yeah, I know mm -hmm. the city can do it because I just adopted a sewer drain. Um, <laughs> I did it. It's very popular yeah, right now. Yes. Not only can you adopt the sewer drain, name you it. can name it. You want to know what I named my drain? Swamp the drain. Let's see how long it takes people to get that one. <laughs> <laughs> Reverse it. Oh. Uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> swamp. <laughs> we got out some nail polish, and we're going to paint, paint the drain. It's like a little... Little thing goes straight to the surface. So if we can adopt a drain, we can adopt a commercial corridor. Um, if we can adopt a drain, we can adopt a vacancy. Um, so I love that idea. It's a great, great concept of, of uh, uh, utilizing the, the, the community to help build the resources that we need, which I totally agree. There's no way Iris could do that all by herself, mm -hmm. but she could yeah. you know, potentially no, shepherd a, a, a larger group. Yes, I, I love these ideas, so I've written those down. Um, speaking of drains, um, winter storms and the impacts of small businesses, just mm. wanted to share with you that our office has been working um, very closely with OEWD to figure out resources to aid businesses in, that you know need to recover from the floods in addition to everything else. Um, and so we are exploring whether it's loans or grants or other um, resources, um, hoping to um, package together information so that we can share that all out with the community. Uh, what is available right now we know of is SFPUC has a flood water management grant program where you can be reimbursed up to $100,000 uh, for some of these infrastructure improvements. But of course, we are exploring more um, to help businesses get through this really tough time. So again, as soon as we have more details, we'll definitely share that out with all of you um, so that you can uh, bring that to your communities. 
In the meantime, we are documenting uh, flood impacts, um, so physical impacts to buildings um, as a result of flooding. I know that there, th there are so many more impacts, but what we're really tracking right now is damage by flooding. Um, so if people can send us photos, um, the estimated cost of damage, whether there's insurance that would cover the damage, um, and of course the location, that would be very helpful for us to document that to the state. Uh, next, just wanted to remind everyone that for the Shared Spaces program, the application deadline for the permanent program is January 15th. So that's right around the corner, um, about a week away. So if anyone is, uh, has any questions or problems or issues, please let us know. Oh, yes. Director Tom, what happens if they don't submit by the 15th? So they may not be able to continue their uh, shared space permanently. So uh, even if they don't, they won't be able to have maybe the improvements um, done by January 15th um, or they don't know how they'll get into compliance because maybe the, they don't have the funds for it, we definitely encourage people to submit the application by January 15th because that just at least starts the conversation knowing that they want to continue or else it might be considered an abandoned shared space. Okay. Well, I know that the shared space team will try to work with the individual property owners, but if it if there's no response from the business owner, then um, then there will be plans to take those down. Yeah, but of course, it's 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 actually supposed to be the business owner's responsibility to to take it down if if they really um, are abandoning. Yeah. Um, and then lastly, third-party delivery apps. So for example, DoorDash, Uber Eats, Grubhub, just a reminder that um, any food-based uh, businesses that um, use these services or a client of these companies um, need to opt into a revised contract by January 30th. So also around the corner or else they may face a higher fee cap. So um, just a couple of reminders again, shared spaces January 15th and third-party delivery apps January 30th. So supposedly they are in your um, account dashboard supposed to be popping up with notices or there's some sort of notice um, and we're supposed to get a report, I think, about that. Um, so if you didn't, please check, double check, but if you really... emails all the time and I okay. don't get one If like you that. didn't, then we certainly can look into that because um, I'd like to know if others aren't receiving them. Mm. Director yeah. Tan, can I thank you? You presented in front of the Latino Task Force regarding this and that was like just huge, so I appreciate that. Great, thank you. And if you hear of anything, if they didn't get a notice, please please let me know, because um, I like to follow up. Yeah. Of course. That's really. And that's it for my reports. Thank you. They just they don't want you to see it. Okay. Uh, is there any public comment? Well, so is there any more commissioner comment on the director's report? Okay. Is there any public comment on the? There is not. Okay, seeing uh, no public comment, public comment is closed. Next item, please. Item 8, Commissioner Discussion and New Business. This is a discussion item. Commissioners, is there any new business? There's a lot of new business. Uh, Vice President Zunis. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> I wanted to um, propose a follow-up on a, a policy line item that we've discussed before. Um, it was, it was one of the economic mitigation working group recommendations and um, also something that has recently been recommended for, um, by, as a policy request for um, 
or policy recommendation from La Cocina and um, Tiffany's whole, whole crew over there and all those small businesses. Um, and so it has to do with the weights and measures fee schedules. So the, those are connected to point of sale systems. Um, and the specific request that I want to um, bring forward to our commission and, and maybe will take us, maybe we'll have a presentation by DPH since it's under DPH. Um, but I, I think a, a recommendation that mirrors what La Cocina and other small business um, inquiries around this fee is um, to have cities, have our city potentially waive um, the POS fee, which has six different line items within it, um, for businesses that provide EBT. So um, this would, I think, greatly increase the, the amount of EBT serving businesses in our city. Right now, the way that DPH has this fee scheduled is there's not a huge price difference between what Safeway and what a small grocer would pay for this fee. Um, it's got, like I said, six different line items. So a device permit fee, an automated fee, a station fee, a location fee. It's just like kind of redundant and it's almost like $700. Um, in 2016, they put it on the unified license bill. So it got a little more streamlined um, in terms of people keeping track of it. but. It's been in a recurring issue for small businesses who, um, for example, like participate in the healthy retail program, encouraged to get a POS system, but then don't, aren't told that they have to, um, you know, get a permit and all these fees, and then they kind of get in a, in a spot. Um, and I mean, taking the step towards getting a point of sale system is something we should be encouraging, not deterring, since it does improve age checking technology. Um, for age-restricted items, and it um, it also you know allows people to to, to purchase on EBT. So I, I would love us to kind of look back into that fee schedule, and I'm happy to send um, the exact line items of the six different DPH fee, uh, weights and measures related fees, um, and see if there's any political will to um, offer support to EBT businesses who have these. Uh, were, a question, um, were, uh, are these fees part of a city ordinance or is this state law? I there's, it's DPH city. There's one, there's a related state one. Um, I can send you guys the exact language of the different fee schedules, but um, weights and measures is under Department of Public Health with the city and county. Um, and then there's like a state one that's re related to it. Yeah. So I, I would just, um, the reason I ask is mm -hmm. um, like, so I completely support what you're trying to do. First mm -hmm. of all, let me just say that. Um, if, if the fee is collected pursuant to a state law, then the only way that the commission could, could engage is to uh, write a letter to the mayor um, via her state liaison and ask 
the mayor to advocate for the change that your uh, her state liaison to advocate for the change because uh, uh, the commission can't um, I'm not it's not that we don't pay it to the state it's, it's no I understand the but the city often collects on behalf of the state so the question is where where does the fee originate um, if it is a, a fee that originated out of a local ordinance then um, it's totally, you know, some, then it's, it's just a question of finding a legislative sponsor. Um, you know, I would certainly be welcoming and encouraging of having DPH come in and educate us on, on uh, the origin of the fee and, and, um, mm -hmm. and what the purpose of the fee is and how much money we collect and all that stuff because the city should be able to, to provide that. But um, uh, I, I, the only point I'm making is, is just almost like a narrow procedural point, uh, which is, because uh, I've bumped into this several times before, because there's things that I've wanted to change <laughs> that uh, uh, I couldn't. Um, yeah, I think we need to look. We had a very comprehensive look at this already, so I don't want us to duplicate labor, but because um, DPH did present to the, the working group, um, but yeah, I, I think this begs a larger question of yeah, what are all these different small business fees tied to, mm -hmm. and where are there where is there room to actually have that conversation about mitigation? Right. Um, I, I wanted to to bring that up just because, um, I mean, I've been told by supervisors before, small business fees balance our budget, and that is an incredible burden to be up against when we're trying to talk about ease of business and mitigation when we're up against, oh, but that's how we balance Understood. our budget. So I think it's gonna take a lot of work on our part to, to actually um, interrogate which ones we have wiggle room on. Um, and I think that I wanted to just maybe add a little more specificity to the last new business item in which I, I brought up uh, another fee um, that's tied to what I know is an outdated nexus study. And so um, maybe that's how we like identify which, which fees can be um, updated or amended because maybe there's like um, a specific request we can ask of the controller or TTX or whoever manages the general fund budget and be like, okay, let's look at a percentage of our general fund budget that is fees. I know it's gonna be hard to parse out which ones are small business, but let's start there and then can we look at a list of, one, of how they're triggered? And if there's ones that are out of compliance, which I know there are, um, we just nobody's done that digging, like we should demand that that study that triggers that fee be updated. Um, and so I, I just wanted to see if that like specific new item was more helpful than the last time I brought it up where I was still kind of not sure how to request of the city to look at, at, at fee schedules. Um, All right, well, we'll, we'll yeah. we can look into that and... Um, okay, um, and uh, then another one that I think would be tangential to the weights and measures in terms of how to support EBT businesses would be um, waiving the sidewalk display produce permit, which is a very high fee. It's like, you'd be surprised. It's like, um, it's like almost 5K. <laughs> yeah. 
And yeah, it's like over four thousand um, dollars. And what's the basis for that? No, DPW, I think. Oh. That's messed up because like the big, the majors don't do nothing outside. It's all the small mom and pops. Yeah. It's only going to be small mom and pops. Yeah. I didn't know it was that. The majors wow. don't have to. They got all the, the square footage. Yeah. Yeah. So those were just a couple ones off, off my <clears throat> head that I think would help us towards our goals of equity, food access, all that stuff that we've been talking about. Something I just wanted to clarify, there's absolutely nothing that is prohibiting the commission from advocacy. It's rather just one of process. Who do you advocate to? So if it's state level, you advocate to the mayor. If it's local, then you would advocate to the Board of Supervisors and try and, and encourage them to pass legislation. So, um, These are all line items we pay to the city and county, so we start there. <laughs> sure, sure, but there's a, a lot of state-mandated fees that we pay to the city, so that's that's the tricky part. I'm pretty sure the sidewalk display is not that. Oh, no, no, I, on that I agree. I'm, I'm, I, it, I think it's, it's likely to be uh, a city-based fee, so we, we can certainly talk to DPW about that. Okay, um, and yeah, that was the, the fee pieces I had. Um, and then just really quick, Director, if there's any um, raw or additional data on demographics I, I sec, um, intake for the, for the office, I second um, that request of this is so valuable to our communities for advocacy because, like, especially in my community, in the Arab-speaking community, we don't, we don't have data. We're not captured on the census. We're not captured. Um, in the threshold of, of language, even though um, we have a lot of working and living people in this city that speak Arabic. Um, so the fact that you had data on intake of businesses, like that's so valuable to us. So if there's anything you can give back to community orgs for, for just you know their own reporting or advocacy, that would be amazing. And that's it. Thank you. Commissioner Ortiz Cartagena. Thank you. I have two. One is just a statement. The crisis that's happening at the 24th Street, 16 bar plazas, and the mission in general has become unintendable. A complete breakdown in civic functions. And I'm holding agencies and our elected officials responsible. For the last two years, community has worked with you, reached out, addressed, come up with solutions, organized all the agencies and elected officials to come see and resolve this issue. And yet, just two weeks ago, there was double, double homicide. Anything goes from quality of life to mental health to murder. And it's, it's just killing our business. And it's given community the responsibility to resolve an issue after we already in the Mission District responded and resolved the issue of the lack of the COVID response. We fixed that and held government and agency accountable. Now we've been dumped this situation with no resources, with everybody playing politics, kicking the can to the next agency, to the next elected official. No, because I know for a fact if this was on Pacific Ave, this shit would not happen. So I'm done. I'm done. And I'm putting it on record because I'm going to meet later on this month again 
my second meeting with all city agencies and elected officials. This is bullshit. Come on. So I want that on the record. And then to change the tone. Um, <laughs> I was trying to say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but as, as a shift to changing the tone, <laughs> let me just say uh, it's on the record. Noted. It does have to change. You're 100% correct. Our businesses, you know what? They walk in and walk out. This is not Walgreens that this is happening to. This is our small and mom and pop shops. They just walk in, steal whatever they want, and have the audacity to sell it right there at the plaza, like yeah. 50 feet away. I concur. We, we have to do better. Uh, and perhaps there's a way for uh, the commission to, to uh, engage on this issue in a way that's constructive and helpful. I think at very least, we as the commission have to write a letter or something. Yeah. Just that'll give community more tools to like, it just, it has to stop. And I'm talking about all our communities. Obviously, I'm advocating for mines. Pastor Amos Brown, he held a town hall last month. Same thing going on over there in his community. Just why always are communities of color? Like, it's not happening in Pacific Heights. And you know what would happen if they, they set up shop over there. It'd be done in like an hour, not even an hour. So, this is San Francisco, come on. But thank you, President. The other thing is, I've been here a very long time and I still haven't gotten my non-paper tablet when are we going to go paperless? Like, I think when you joined, that was one of the first things you highlighted. I, I had reviewed the minutes, and I'd seen that you'd called for it many times. Um, and I think in the very first meeting, I said that was something that jumped out to me as, as being a sensible uh, thing to ask for. And I, I, I think we had progress on that front. Just give an update that uh, we did inquire about them, um, and based on cost analysis and what's readily available, laptops. Um, so they were saying that potentially we could um, have commissioners use laptops during the meetings. So I'm in the process of trying to secure that. <laughs> I'll Sorry donate for the, the tablets to the commission. Like I'll do it out of my just. It's a waste. I, it's just a waste of paper that bothers me. It's not even the money at this point. Yeah. It's just. Yeah. We have been and we'll continue to work on this one. <laughs> you know, um, since we're revisiting old initiatives, <laughs> I've had a longstanding um, recommendation that also dates back to when I, f I first joined the commission that we should be able to text our business owners about legislation that's impacting them that's coming before the commission and that that text should be itself contextual so that if it is legislation that impacts hair salons that we can text the hair salons and if it's legislation that impacts the uh, uh, fitness facilities that we can text the fitness facilities and say hey this thing's happening it's going to impact you um, you may want to come to this hearing to learn more about it, or, or the corner stores, or uh, the orthodontists, or the van rental companies, of which I think there's only one. But um, I'd appreciate getting that text. No, uh, pre President, you're absolutely correct. Like emails in my community? Yeah. 
text them. What's up? You know, like I've been working on Secretary Burmack. She sees we do um, TikToks for my nonprofit with like stuff that happens, like grants. Yeah. That gets responses, emails, and all the other stuff. No, but you send a mass text blast with a TikTok about a grant. That works. <laughs> we have just recently gone back on an Instagram, so hopefully that helps a little bit. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Um, yes. Uh, Thank you, Commissioner Ortiz Cartagena. This is good stuff. Commissioner Huey, or yeah, Commissioner Huey, excuse me. Yeah, I don't really, I don't have anything necessarily to share for myself, except, um, well, but I wanted to respond to both of the um, comments by Commissioner Zuzunas and Commissioner Ortiz Cartagena. Um, I mean, for me, I feel like I see a pattern here, uh, or I see two patterns, right? Like one is really that, the fees and the comment of small business, small business fees balance our budget. I can actually, I can agree with that, that fee, you know, we have to find revenue in some source. However, I think the equity issue really lies in the lack of transparency, right? It's kind of like as we bury all these things and make life complicated and we start to tack on duplicative fees, outdated fees, and make things more just unnecessarily complex then it makes then it requires like a much higher threshold of time and resources to be able to peel those things apart and i think that's where you know our commitment to equity can really be towards transparency of these fees and uncovering why are we doing this where is this coming from and you know not to just guarantee that we're going to be able to get rid of all fees but what are we paying for because i think san franciscans want value for what they're putting sure their tax dollars towards or t putting their fees towards, right? Like I think as small business owners, I don't think anybody wants to run a small business for free and nobody's asking for a handout, but they want to know what they're paying for and they want to also feel like, you know, they're adding value to the city. And I think that's the other piece. It, it, I think, you know, what you're saying in terms of when are people going to notice is extremely frustrating for me. I feel like, you know, we are so caught up in our own neighborhoods, in our own communities, and I love that we advocate for them. And I'm not saying we, but as a city, people are just not venturing into other neighborhoods any longer, and they're not making the effort to see that this is all San Francisco, right? Like what happens in the mission affects everybody. What happens in Bayview affects everybody, and I think if there's a way that our commission can can promote the idea of really getting to know one another, I think, and moving outside of this neighborhood divide, you know, because I just, I can't understand how we can silo ourselves into thinking that, okay, well, 24, you know, that, that corner is in disarray, but I'm going to just drive by it and not worry about it because I only have to see it you know when I when I go do my one thing like that is not okay and I think like I don't know I just now that I've committed myself to really like venturing out of my own kind of comfort zone through some of the work that I've been doing like our city is so wonderful. But like if we really don't look at like 
if we don't make friendships and we don't venture out, we really start to silo ourselves into our own communities and our own neighborhoods, and it's just such a shame. Um, yeah. So I just wanted, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm committed to going into every one of our neighborhoods, I guess, is, and maybe that's a huge commitment, but I, I appreciate our friendships on this commission, and I appreciate the way that you guys have all opened up my eyes, I think, to you know, all the different parts of our city, because I feel like, looking at it, we all share the same things. We're all sharing so many of the same things. We share public safety concerns, namely violence in our neighborhoods, and I feel the same way. Like, if I saw like the amount of like elders that I've seen attacked on our streets, you know, if that same thing happened in other neighborhoods and the demographics of the victims were very different, I think the this would this would not be going on for year three. And I think we just have to be very candid about that. You know, like you're right. If if the like, I, there's no BART station up there, but I mean, if there was a, a municipal transit station somewhere where this was all happening, it would not be happening. It wouldn't go on for a week. And I'm like, I don't understand how we don't acknowledge that. So, I mean, I, I thank you for, for saying what you did. And I appreciate you, Commissioner Hill, because we get caught up in our neighborhoods, tribalism, right? And if we had the advocacies from Pacific Heights to come help us and vice versa, all Frisco problems are all our problems. It's Frisco first all day, every day. I don't care if you're from the Mission, Bayview, wherever you're from, you're Frisco, mm -hmm. 415. So we should not be divided. Mm -hmm. so I appreciate that. We gotta promote that, highlight that. Sometimes it's 650. That's South City. <laughs> <laughs> Once in a while, it like... 628, that's the new area code. Yeah, that's 628? Yeah. Okay. I feel like I know some people living here have 650. Probably just like old cell phones or something. Yeah. I think we're all on the same page here. Um, <clears throat> so, commissioners, I have two items for you um, on my new business. Assuming, Lawanda, you have anything for us? or Okay. Um, so, uh, first, in your uh, packet, you'll see a, a, a letter that went out to Supervisor Dorsey that went out at his request. Uh, it's, it's in the, uh, what? Oh, are they all with me? I see. Oopsie. There you go. I apologize. I thought everybody got one. Uh, so, uh, Supervisor Dorsey had requested the city departments, including the Small Business Commission, outline how implementation of a coordinated citywide and sustained approach addressing drug addiction, dealing in associated public nuisance issues would impact them. He specifically asked that we identify what will best serve and protect small businesses, especially those in neighborhoods that have been disproportionately borne the brunt of harms from, uh, to Commissioner Ortiz, Cartagena's uh, uh, 
most recent remarks, uh, overt drug markets, open-air drug scenes, subsistence theft, drug-induced violence, related behavioral health crisis, um, non-drug-induced violence, uh, uh, petty theft, and then selling the items that were petty theft right outside the, the shops. These are all the things that uh, uh, Supervisor Dorsey was looking for our guidance and, and advice on. Uh, typically, the commission would discuss it prior to submitting a response, but between the holidays, um, and I think we had a couple missed meetings uh, because uh, we weren't, weren't able to achieve quorum. Uh, we weren't able to get together and discuss it before the letter was due. This is the uh, letter that went out. Um, I believe it represents many of the commission's positions that this commission has uh, discussed in the past, and I don't think that there's any uh, points of controversy in there, but uh, uh, we wanted to make sure that uh, you all were collectively advised of, of uh, this letter that went out. Um, it's, I think, pretty boilerplate stuff. It's all the things that we talk about in this commission over and over and over again. Vice President Zunis. Um, how do we find out more about where the planned nexus of, of small business is going to be in this? So this is just a resolution. Uh, so that's another thing that's important to keep in mind. Um, supervisors, uh, uh, file number 2209544 is a resolution, so it's non-binding. Okay. Uh, this is not legislation. Um, this is a request from a supervisor for our advice. We gave it based on all the stuff. For something he's planning on making more than a resolution. Uh, well, at the moment, no. It's only for a resolution. I can't speak to what he might be planning. I, I, I would hope that all what our What is San Francisco Recovers? That is the resolution. Sorry. Um, I think Supervisor Dorsey and Mayor Breed had announced a plan called San Francisco Recovers right. months ago. Right. Um, so that's what that's in reference to. But we are not aware of any um, next steps. Says, okay, so right now yeah. it's still a strategy but not non-binding kind of uh, game plan. Correct. It's, it's, it's not an ordinance. It's a resolution urging the departments to report to the Board of Supervisors um, and give them the information that, that the board needs to create a strategy, which he has called San Francisco Recovers. Okay. So it is a two-step non-binding process. He is <laughs> uh, effectively, um, he, he's trying to, I, I think, I'm, and I don't want to uh, uh, certainly put words in the supervisor's mouth, but, but my guess is that he's trying to show what a report from all the departments about these issues might look like if it were to be part of the regular city process. I see. So is, are you saying that our, um, we, this is our response? <clears throat> to his or request. Are we going to be able to provide more feedback about small businesses' role in, in this landscape moving forward? Forward, or yeah, is this as, as, if any ordinance arises out of that, it would come before this commission, and the commission would have an opportunity to uh, provide feedback. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, being a District 6 business, I can tell you a lot about how different variations of um, 
different initiatives around public safety have impacted us as small businesses. I mean, they've been, there's been different pilots and trials in our district um, around this, and I definitely have some concerns right off the top of the bat. Like, I have small businesses in South of Market who have come to me saying plainclothes cops are like staking out in their business, <laughs> mm -hmm. things like that. Mm -hmm. um, if they're by like they're by a sobering center, you know, and so right. like they're now a, a stakeout, and right. they don't want to be a stakeout. Sure. <laughs> so I mean, we want to be partners, but I think that that um, there's are there's already a lot of feedback that small businesses can give you on the attempts to try this stuff so far. Okay. Uh, well, uh, again, it's uh, uh, at this point there's no legislation in front of us. Okay. Yeah, uh, but when there is, uh, this commission will uh, certainly have an opportunity to weigh in as, as a body and, and decide how it wants to respond to whatever legislation ultimately is crafted. Um, at, at this early stage, I think the supervisor was just looking for um, a top-level overview of how the small business community is looking at this stuff. Not very detailed or granular, but just yeah. the basics. I mean, we made recommendations to this at the beginning of COVID, or at some point, we, we talked about, I remember having a line, a budget, I mean, a agenda item where we, we gave feedback on something like this. That's right, yeah. Um, we talked about trainings mm -hmm. as essential to that. Mm -hmm. Okay, That's so right. the, the, that level of specificity, we're not at yet. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Commissioner Ortiz-Cartagena. popped in my head on um, director Tang the Department of Public Works do you think we could get data on like what they do by district or is it readily available like on their website um, I think it uh, depending on the issue we might be able to get it through 311 they tend to have a lot of the requ service requests filter through 311 so if there's any particular issue so for example um, tree complaints or, I mean, anyway, you name it, whatever the issue is, we can try to f figure out from through on one what they have available. Okay. It, it just, this, this triggered something again, because DPW, you know, it's kind of like it's broad, but, I, you know, it's, it's hard to hold them accountable if it's like broad stroke, but this is, this is great. And, and to Supervisor Dorsey, I mean, the city has the resources. We have the infrastructure. If people would just do their job, like 50% of their time, yep. like our city be running like a clock. Hey, accountability and um, making sure that taxpayer money is, is spent and delivering the value that taxpayers are expecting when, when they elect our leaders to decide where that money goes. That's, I mean, it, it does, from the outside looking in, it does look like there's a lot of opportunity there for, for improvement. And there will always be opportunity for improvement, but it seems particularly acute right now. So I agree. So uh, commissioners, I have one last bit of news, um, a little bit bittersweet. Uh, next meeting will be my last meeting with the commission. Uh, I will be stepping down uh, after the next meeting. Uh, we'll have a, be having an election. Uh, I will be delighted to um, elect uh, my successor, whoever that is, or be part of that election process. Uh, I'll probably have a, um, some uh, longer comments, hopefully not too long, uh, 
comments then um, about next steps and uh, uh, what's driving this. But uh, right now, I'll just say that uh, I have some stuff uh, happening with, uh, with my business and in my personal life uh, that that's uh, a priority for me right now. And uh, even with that being said, uh, I will continue to be an advocate for small business, and I will continue to be a friend and partner to the commission. Um, and I don't expect uh, that uh, this aspect of my life, which is, is doing uh, volunteer public service, which I enjoy tremendously, I don't expect that that will stop. But uh, I didn't want to blindside you all at the next meeting, and because of the Brown Act, I can't tell you all privately. <clears throat> uh, so uh, I'll, I'll, I'll make longer, a, a few longer comments um, at, at our next meeting, but I, I did want to let you all know. Okay. All right. Uh, is there any public comment? There is none. Okay. Seeing none, uh, public comment is closed. Uh, next item. Item 9, adjournment, SFGovTV, please show the Office of Small Business slide. We will end with a reminder that the Small Business Commission is the official public forum to voice your opinions and concerns about policies that affect the economic vitality of small businesses in San Francisco and that the Office of Small Business is the best place to get answers about doing business in San Francisco during the local emergency. If you need assistance with small business matters, continue to reach out to the Office of Small Business. Meeting adjourned. Oh, I gotta hit the gavel. <laughs> <laughs> now